Welcome to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast, you guys. It is World Down Syndrome Day 2023, and I have two special guests for today. I thought I'd open up, you know, it is World Down Syndrome Day, but I wanted to open it up a little bit further and have a mother, two mothers with a child with autism and invite them to celebrate with us today. So I am bringing you my friend, Day. Hi, Day. Hi. And um, Celeste, I just met you on Instagram. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Hi, ladies. So we all share one thing in common. Well, two things. Not only are we from Southern California, but we both, we all three are special needs mothers. Uh, My friend Day has a son who's nine years old. His name's Adam. He has autism. And Celeste, you actually reached out to me on Instagram because your daughter, who is five years old, Genesis, has a dual diagnosis of Down syndrome and autism, which is very unique. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys can be here because I feel like with me and my daughter and then Day and you, and you, Celeste, we can all collaborate a little bit because what does that mean for us? You know, I think me and Day, we got one diagnosis and then here, Celeste, you got Beth, the best of both worlds. So um, we're going to celebrate today and kind of just talk about that. So I guess we'll start off by, <laughs> I'm excited. We'll start off by, um, well, we'll start off with Day. Um, Day, tell us a little bit about yourself and Adam. So a little background for us. Um, I am native to LA, so I've been there um, forever. And then I moved to Rancho Cucamonga about five years ago. And, um, you know, I have three boys. Two older ones, Adam, who's now uh, nine, he was preemie. So Mm -hmm. I had very difficult pregnancies, all three kiddos, but Mm -hmm. Adam was the one that was born the earliest at 31 weeks. And so um, I initially thought when he hit about two years of age, he wasn't saying anything at all. He did not speak at all. He grunted for everything that he wanted or needed. And so at first I thought, okay, maybe, you know, he's preemie. (laughs) I had a difficult pregnancy. He just needs a little extra help and maybe needs a little speech therapy. Mm -hmm. So I went to the doctor and I, you know, voiced my concerns of um, him not being able to say anything or me hear an actual word come from him. And, you know, she, um, then gave me the referral to the regional center in LA. Mm -hmm. And I remember going and not thinking anything of it. You know, I just literally thought I was there to get, you know, some help and get them some speech therapy. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how crazy it felt to me when I was, when they gave me the forms of like autism, right? Mm -hmm. I was filling out and I was checking all of these boxes. And if I could have like, a camera in front of my face to see how my face looked of shock yeah of like wait a minute wait a minute 
Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> like I'm marking yes, 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 yes to all of these. And literally in that moment, having flashbacks of situations that happen or his behavior mm-hmm. that was happening for those, you know, those two years that I just thought like, okay, this is different. Like I've had two other boys, right? You mm-hmm. know, I've, I've raised two boys. <laughs> this is different, but it's fine. You know, all kids are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my God, like I had this, I don't know what it was at the pit of my stomach and realizing that, oh shit, much more than just speech therapy um a lot of things made sense um during those two years I felt like a complete failure I felt like is it my age Uh, you know my my kids have a big age gap Mm -hmm. of like 10 years and eight years so I was thinking is it my age do I just not have patience is like what am I doing wrong like I kept asking myself for so long like what am I doing wrong why can I why can I help them or why can I do this or why can I do that and then that realization of like oh it it wasn't me (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was still doing the best that I could but then you know realizing that Adam was going to need help moving forward and me understanding and me educating myself in what autism was because at that time I don't think I mean we still had awareness and there was just a lot more help out there for kiddos with autism Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what it really was I've heard the word but I never understood it I never I just thought okay we have a kiddo with special needs let's just be kind and understanding to Mm -hmm. that you know not really knowing what it was and so um he did get diagnosed at two and um once all the paperwork was done he's been getting services since two and a half so it started off with uh, speech therapy then went on to like you know play um what did they call it like play therapy mm-hmm. and moving forward um to like school and up until now so um that's a little bit of like how we started our journey how I realized that Adam needed some help which is you know again just started with me thinking he needed a little bit of speech therapy and, and realizing that it's so much more a diagnosis of yeah. not only autism but then he also has a um i know autism they kind of generalize it where kids have trouble with um the, or an inability to really communicate or interact but mm-hmm. adam was actually diagnosed uh on the side with a speech and language delay okay. because he does have difficulty forming words and speaking if that makes sense so um you know having those diagnoses just really helped me know where to start and where to understand them and knew I had a lot of work in front of me to educate myself so that I knew how to advocate or I knew how to help him um you know through this journey so um give us a little back history on like what to you what autism what is autism because I know you said that it's different for Autism is autism, but it's different for every family that has a child or some a loved one with autism. Yeah, what do you? Um, that is something I learned mm-hmm. um, throughout the years, for sure. And, and just being around families, being around, you know, friends that have children that have, um, you know, the autism uh, diagnosis for their kiddos. Uh, in general, I guess we kind of see it as a developmental disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most kiddos, it impairs them, like I said, to have the ability to, you know, maybe communicate and interact. That's the more general um, 
way to explain autism to people. You know, then you go into like maybe the symptoms, what people might call symptoms of having autism, right? Which um, is difficulty with like, you know, interacting, social interactions, um, obsessive interests. So you have some kiddos that need to do something obsessively. Adam has echolalia which um, means that he constantly repeats certain things. Um, He has, you know, obviously sensory disorder, um, repetitive, which we call repetitive behaviors. So that's why I said that, like, autism cannot be generalized because Mm -hmm. not every kiddo is like that. We have tax-functioning kiddos. We have, you know, kids that are more, like, uh, moderate to severe, mild to moderate. Like, it's just... There's such a range in that spectrum of autism, um, which I find it to be so difficult because they don't know how to help our kiddos exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's on a case by case, kiddo by kiddo basis. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, seeing that, like, for example, our friend Celeste here has a kiddo with a dual diagnosis. Mm -hmm. It's just like, to me, that's just like, you know, what if, you know, we have our kiddos that have other needs that we're not aware of, you know? So So there's just such a high spectrum on that, but at least that's a general idea or a general explanation of how, of what I think, you know, autism is. So is that what, um, when they say like, I'm on the spectrum or my child is on the spectrum, the spectrum meaning like I'm on like a graph or like, um, kind of like a pyramid of like the severity or, or not even severity, I guess where. Of like, you know, because our kiddos can, uh you know, um, range from like, again, moderate to severe and, um, you know, or high functioning where people are like, well, is he even autistic? Because he does really well in academically, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't yeah. even seem like they would have a diagnosis of autism. And therefore they question a lot of services. They question their needs. They question, there's a lot of questioning of like, is he even autistic? You yeah. know, I got that a lot. I don't know if you guys or if you ladies like seriously heard this so much, but I did. I got it. He doesn't even look like he's special needs or he doesn't mm-hmm. even look like he has autism. He doesn't look like this, you know? And I was just like, I would get so offended because I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, is there any physical, <laughs> is there any, is there like, any physical, yeah, physical traits? has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Is there any physical traits that people with autism have or is it just not you never know? No, not that I'm aware of. Again, I don't think that, you know, with autism uh, specifically, there is a physical thing that we might notice that says, oh, hey, you know, he he might have autism. There are certain characteristics that they might do, you know, which is like in the social aspect that you might notice that they might have trouble with, you know, um, communicating, trouble with interactions. They might, you know, Adam does make certain noises when he's either excited or anxious or upset that people might not understand Mm -hmm. Um, the constant movement or the sensory, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, issues that he might have while in public, you know, the shaking of his hand, the the need for headphones. So it, if you're asking if he physically can be looked at and diagnosed by other people, if that makes sense, yeah. quote unquote, knows, no, oh, okay. no, there is nothing that you can really tell. But like, if you see all of these other things that people mm-hmm. might assume that he is. Just by their autistic. behavior. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, because yeah, there is no, without a doubt, that Cheyenne has Down syndrome. You can see that. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we totally, we get that. Um, so yeah. Celeste, is that the same with you? I mean, you have Genesis. She has Down syndrome. Can you give us a, a little history on, first off, how was she diagnosed with Down syndrome? And furthermore, how did you, she get diagnosed with both autism as well? Um, okay, so it started, I didn't do the test like usually everybody does to find out if they're, as you're pregnant, you know, that chromosome test they all make you do. Yeah. I didn't, um, I was really young. I was a first time parent. I was nervous. So I was like, I misunderstood when they told me. So when I had Genesis, the day I had her, the day um, she was born, I had pushed her out and then um, I was already having a very complicated pregnancy as it is. With all my pregnancies, Genesis is my oldest. I have a younger girl, too. She's one. Um, Genesis is my oldest, so when I pushed her out, I already had a really horrible pregnancy with her. I thought I would have lost her during my pregnancy because it was that bad. Um, When I pushed her out, the doctors looked at me kind of strange. And then my mom kind of got to glance at her, and she looked at me, and she whispered to me, and she was like, hey, you know, um, keep calm, but I think she might have something, but just wait until she comes, wait until she, they give them to you. And I looked at my mom, and I was like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, yeah, I think she might have Down syndrome, but don't, just relax, it's okay, I'm here. Wow. And my um, my husband was on the other side. And he looked at my mom like, what? Like, you're crazy. Yeah. And then um, we grabbed her. They gave her to me to do the skin to skin. I looked at Genesis. And it's funny because I ha- I was actually studying to be a, um, a special ed teacher at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was funny because I was doing the process. I actually had to um, stop schooling because my pregnancy was so bad. Mm-hmm. I had to put my schooling on the side, on hold. But I was doing a lot of volunteer with. I was actually taking care, um, at the time, I was taking care of a boy with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, my youngest baby brother, he's um, a 15-year-old now, but he also has autism. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was, like, you know, getting more experience with them. I was volunteering at soccer with um, special ed kids, special need kids mm-hmm. that were um, Down autisms um, and other disorders and other diagnoses. And... So I was getting more of the experience. I was getting more used to it. So I was like, okay. So when I seen Genesis, I stood on my shoulder and I said, oh, my God, my baby does. Mm-hmm. And I never took it offensive. I was like, okay. Like, I know she does. I could see it in her face. It was obvious. Mm-hmm. But then it was a mind game. I looked yeah. at her. And then the way she looked at, she looked like one of uh, my husband's nieces. Mm-hmm. I was like, does she? Does she not? Like, she looks <laughs> like the niece, the niece, but then she looks like she has down. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then um, afterwards, the, but the doctors were very, um, they couldn't tell me because I never had the testing done. But you could tell they were all whispering to each other like, hey, come here. And they were trying to give each other nurse doctor codes like it was weird (laughs) and they're like yeah yeah and then like they would just turn around and then um they kept us there that whole week they're observing her the pediatrician came in i wanted to confirm me at that moment and tell me like hey your daughter does you know no this is what i see in her and i wanted to give him that confirmation like yes i know i'm not going like crazy Mm -hmm. but he didn't he made me wait the two weeks i went back the two weeks to do the checkup 
And he started talking doctor code on me. <laughs> Luckily, my mom was there. She's a nurse. So I was kind of confused what he was saying to me a little bit. I was like, is he saying what I'm saying? I think he's saying. Is he not? My mom turned around. I go, mom, is he saying? She goes, yes, yes, he's doing doctor code. And she laughed <laughs> about it. And I looked at him and I go, so do you think Genesis Down has Down syndrome? Because I feel like she does. And he like, you could tell he had this big relief. Oh, mom, I just didn't know how oh. to tell you. I wanted to be confirmed. Mm-hmm. He's a mind game. You know, I don't want you to take it offensive. And I go, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I go, I just want you to tell me that she does because I don't want to think I'm going crazy. Yeah. So, um, so after that, you know, he's like, let's just double make sure. You no, know, we'll do the testing, the chromosome test real quick. Um, then like, um, I think a month later, they call, he called me in, he told me, he confirmed it. He's like, okay, she does. Um, I was like, okay, thank you so much. I went home. I had to explain to my husband, um, you know, that, you know, she did. And then from there, um, our journey started. We started learning to go to doctors, like high doctors, big doctors, like the heart cardio genetics mm-hmm. we didn't know none of that we we're first-time parents so we we're like what the hell's going on here yeah um next thing uh, we went to genetics first genetics explained to my husband more down syndrome because um to, to just let him know more and me more to get us more experience of what's gonna go on yeah and then after that um from there um they took us to cardio cardio we didn't get to see cardio until very at the very um close to the to one years old and from there that's when everything really started and hit us um because jasmine jess had to get like a bunch of surgeries going on in her heart oh she did she had like yeah she had three holes and two rip valves oh wow so was, like, yeah every time we seen, we got everything done within that month party was like you're bringing her in now and i was like well i'm barely getting my referrals then you know doctors and at children's hospital take forever sometimes to get in yeah yeah um so it was like everything happened within that month. Um, but he had put the surgery on hold at in that month because they're telling me that Jancis also might have had um cancer. What? Mm-hmm. They're saying that, oh, you know, she might have cancer. Like and I looked at them and my eyes got watery, but I was like, No, you gotta be this tough mom right now. Like, let's mm-hmm. just just see what's going on. And they're saying something about her blood, her white cells. So I was like, oh, my gosh, it's probably like leukemia. My baby has leukemia. She has holes in her heart. What yeah. am I going to do? And this first time, mom, like, there's just so much emotions going on. Mm-hmm. And then um, next thing you know, I told the doctor as he's trying to book her surgery and everything, I go, she might have cancer. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you mean that? And he's like, why are you saying that? Like, why? I was like, because she has something going on with her cells. Like, can we, like, he's like, I can't even do her surgery. I need to see the cancer doctor first before I can even touch her now. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what do you mean you can't do the surgery? Like, you can't? He's like, no. He's like, we need to get you in now, like, ASAP, within this week to oh make gosh. sure she has it or not. So I seen the, I seen the um, hematologist. He looked at me, and he's like, what's going on? Um, me and my husband right there. We were nervous. We were freaking out. And I was like, look, I'm here. I need to know if she has cancer or not. Um, they told me she has her white blood cells are pretty high. Um, and they said that the heart doctor says he can't touch her until she's clear mm-hmm. from the cancer doctor. He's looked at her. He says, mom, dad, relax. She does it. She's good to go. She's clear from my end. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I know. Relief. I wasn't even I there and I'm like waiting. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's... I'm over here sweating. I know. Like, it was what? happening right now. I, know. <laughs> I had like, I didn't know to jump on the floor and cry. Yeah. I just walked out my head up high and just like normal. Like, I just didn't know what to do. Like, mind you, we were only 20 years old. Like, I know it's still mm-hmm. like kind of olderish, but young at the no, same that's... time. 20 is young. No, that's... Um, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they tell us like, oh, you know, usually the older sites have Down syndromes. You know, like mm-hmm. we will get a lot like, oh my gosh, you guys are really young to have the Down syndrome parents, and we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know. And then, um, yeah, so we saw the heart doctor. He right there and then within three days, what was it? Three two days later, surgery date was here. Like he was literally just waiting for that clearance, and bam, we were here on surgery date. Surgery came came along, and they kept finding more things and more things. Like, hey, you know, we just took her X-rays or not. We found another rip valve. <sighs> hey, we just found another hole. At the moment, the surgeon comes back. He's like, everything came out good. Oh, mom, we found another hole in her heart. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh my like, is my baby good now? So that was a big journey. Uh, she's had other surgeries throughout the, the years. Um, she's came a long way. She's hit so many milestones. She finally started walking at three and a half. Um, so that was a big relief because that was the year I got pregnant with my other one. But then that month she started walking completely good. Um, I got pregnant. So <laughs> I never got to break on that part. I looked at my husband and I go, this is your fault. <laughs> Life was um, like, aha, just kidding, mom. You got another another baby yeah, on the way. <laughs> jokes on you if you thought you were done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. But you know what? I'm so happy and to be a girl, and they're the bestest friends. Um, that at that time, just started going. Just had therapies. She had so many therapies coming along. She had like um, it'll be like nine different therapists a week. Wow. Um, each one would come in like two, three times a week. So she oh had like gosh. over 15 hours of therapies a oh week. So it would kind of drain her out. Since I would have to tell the therapist like, you have to come like not this week because she's like she's overwhelmed yeah and then that's when i started noticing signs of autism mm-hmm. when i was starting to get overwhelming or um the sensory part she was very had the sensitive disorder part mm-hmm. um and since i was already kind of um teached by my little brother because I, w- I was seeing him how he was reacting he got diagnosed at five so we kind of had an idea like i had an idea how you know how he was so when i was looking at genesis i would see a lot of signs and i was like what like that's impossible like i, I i've never really heard of autism and down syndrome like mixed together i was yeah. just one for each one so I started doing research on that because that kind of threw me off. And I found a few, like, very few kids in the world that have both. Mm-hmm. Um, I had talked to her, her cardio because her cardio to me is, like, my favorite doctor in whole, out of all her doctors. If they're listening, I love you guys all. <laughs> but I have, like, I have, like, this really good, like, attachment to him. He's, like, kind of like her pediatrician in a way. Oh, so I told good. him, I go, is it possible, you know, for Down syndrome and autism to be combined in one? He goes, yeah, mom. He goes, it is. It's rare. I only have very few patients with that. I mm-hmm. go, okay. So um, I kind of got more comfortable, like, okay, it's not me. And then um, I would see more signs and more signs, like the um, Jesus hates being touched. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't, she would go in the corner and play by herself. Like all her cousins would be around. She'll probably give him like a good 15 minutes of playtime. Then she will leave to a corner, play by herself. 
Um, and it took her a while to get to play with her cousins. She would like to play, be in the corner, face the wall, and just play. Mm-hmm. And then her cousins would come along. She would yell at them, growl at them. She was like, no, like, don't touch me type of thing. She couldn't talk yet at all. So she would do more like the growling and yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was noticing all that. And I was like, well, that's not a, that's not a Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not down. I see not an autism. So I started thinking. And then I would tell like a very few people, like, hey, you know, I think Jesus might have it. And see, people look at me like, I personally think, and we all think that she has, um, that she is, and she does have autism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I knew that I wasn't going crazy. I knew, you know, like that's mother's I I intuition. I know that validation is everything. Yeah, but you know, not crazy for thinking or feeling a certain way this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, and and then, and when people talk to you, sometimes it wants to get to your head and it's like, oh my gosh, am I like, am I like, maybe I am. And then I'm like, no, like, I know what my baby has. I know I'm right. Like, you guys stick to you. You guys stick to it. Like, mm-hmm. parents in the future, if you're new to it, stick to your gut. Don't, don't fall back because people are reminding you over and over again. No, no, no. You know, it's going to wear off. You know, it's going to run away. It's going to wear off. <laughs> So he was already alert. Like I was like, "Hey, you know, you think?" He goes, "Yeah, you know, I've seen signs on her already too." So we just wanted that that comfort confirmation that yes, she is. All the therapists I agreed to. They're like, "Yeah," because you know her speech language is slightly more different than the Down syndrome language, mm-hmm. um, like the way she talks, um, and just like other things or sensory and all other things that they have spotted out for her. So that was a question, like, just hearing um, a little bit of, like, you know, me understanding autism, I think, so much better now, right? But also, like, you know, um, Chantel said, like, I don't really understand Down syndrome. You know, I think there's a lot of, I think as a special needs mom, there's a lot of empathy, there's a lot of understanding, there's a lot of, like, just um, things that we've, like, understand from other moms that may have kids with special needs but I don't know too much about down syndrome you know so for me it's just kind of like interested in understanding like what down syndrome is if you guys could just like briefly discuss that part Uh, because I'm over here thinking (laughs) in my head I'm like okay so do kids with down syndrome like is there a speech delay that they have to go through you know do they have any difficulties like what was signs of aside from the physical aspect that most people you know have like down syndrome right i think um i think like oh sorry (laughs) i didn't mean to cut you off (laughs) we're trying to do a three-way call (laughs) we're trying to do a three-way call here it's kind of hard um well yeah i mean i could speak on that and i know celeste can too about i mean yeah physical Physical features are a big part. I mean, you could spot yeah. somebody, you know, who has Down syndrome, obviously. If you have an autistic child and a child with Down syndrome next to each other, you could see the Down syndrome first. But I think a, long, a lot of times when I've interviewed people or spoken to other people like Celeste, luckily for, in my case, not too much health problems, but health problems play a big factor. 
um like with celeste the heart it's always the heart or respiratory or it's always the heart though i feel it's so weird um a lot of children with down syndrome have um holes in their heart or their their valves are wrong or like they're like in celeste's case so many of them do have to go through surgeries um it's weird because i suppose it's not just one thing like you mentioned before autistic is is different in your home next to the yeah. next mother yeah. it's the same thing like if you look at my daughter she has different needs she has behavioral issues more than she has health complications and okay. like celeste mentioned like her kids play nicely together and i'm all thinking like oh that's great because my daughter just like so she's wild <laughs> like the kids fight a lot <laughs> but i'm like you know it's different we we all have like different battles yet a little bit similar and i know like with Cheyenne, she has a speech delay, but not too bad. She often likes uh -huh. to play alone as well. And so now I'm starting to think, does she have autism? If but they're I, a dual, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, it's just one of those things where I guess that's probably why it's so hard to have a dual diagnosis because you have like, as a, as a physician or um, a psychologist or whatever, you have to sit there and pull apart every single behavioral yeah. and say, is this an autistic trait or is it a part? of a Down syndrome, you know, trait. Yeah. And then what yeah. I used to tell all the time is like, well, also you have the quote unquote regular behavior from a toddler, right? So, exactly. okay, so your child is experiencing tantrums and behavioral issues. What kid isn't mm -hmm. when they don't get something they want or need, right? Yeah. So that was also something that, like, I used to get so annoyed. I don't know if you ladies experienced that, but I used to literally roll my eyes when they would tell me that. It was just like, well, then also, like, he's three, he's four. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just like in my, I'm just like, I know where you're yeah. going with it. Like, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> Again, <laughs> going with your gut instinct, going with your like seriously, like your mother—I don't know—gift yeah. of your intuition. Nothing that is not just. Mm -hmm. You know, I I remember being on the phone with Cheyenne, and they would tell me they ask me like the silliest questions, like if you were if she was standing next to you, would she just go wander off? And I'm like. This was her at like three and a half years old. I'm like, yeah. of course she's going to wander off. She's a curious yeah. kid. And I would get I would get offended, too, because I'm like, yeah. duh. Like the, the questions were so silly to me. I'm like yeah. any child would wander off or go get curious and go touch something or want to go you know, away from you and go play. So, yeah. I mean, it's and like the IEP process. I mean, we've all been yeah. in IEPs. We've all been in assessments. It's mm -hmm. so draining you know to answer yes. questions and then you feel like you're kind of being judged a little bit oh for sure i always said can you give me an example that was one of the biggest things that i learned how to say in an IT meeting when they would ask me a question can you give me an example of what you're asking because again as a parent you're just you don't have all of the terminology right you talk about doctor code right yeah but then you talk about like special needs codes and like then you talk about school codes where teachers and you know all of these like district people have these codes that we weren't taught right yeah. yes so here they are talking about this talking about that i'm like okay barney level it for me <laughs> yeah. that's a notch and like explain it to me as if i had no clue what you're talking about because right now it sounds like a lot of like words that i'm just not understanding you know mm -hmm. and so like 
learning to do that too and to like speak up yeah. <laughs> and yeah. say wait a minute wait a minute what are you asking me <laughs> exactly. I know I feel like that like I know in IEPs they've always they make it seem like you should already know what they're saying but yes. I mean yes. there are times where there's a lot of times I came across where I was asked a question like does your child like to play with others okay that okay. is a simple question but I'm thinking yeah. in my head wait a minute yes she does but yes she doesn't like yeah yeah like like us we like to all hang out and be around people but then yeah. we also like our alone time so what does that even mean <laughs> you know yeah it's like i i would tell them all the time well obviously he wants to play with other children like you you i don't know if you guys experience this but you see the enthusiasm they might have to have quote-unquote friends around them yeah but yeah. and also like it's too much because either the sensory part kicks in, they feel overwhelmed, they don't have the social skills or the verbal skills or communication skills mm -hmm. um, to be able to like interact with other kiddos. So like, you know, again, having all of, <laughs> all of these questions were so like, Huh? Definitely left me looking like with a question mark on my face, like what? I know it makes <laughs> you feel like it, it. You want a paragraph? It's like you're put under a microscope. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm really literally mentally exhausted every single time. Yeah, every single time. Um, but yeah. you know, Celeste, you being 20 years old, you're not the first person I spoke to. Um, I actually have a family member who is 16 and had her first child that has yeah. Down syndrome, which is crazy. So I know for a fact that it has nothing to do with your age. And yeah. you know, then you have women that are like in their 40s having children with no diagnosis. So I mean, right. I think the age thing is kind of like starting to wear out. I just, I honestly feel that I'm at the point now where mothers that have children with special needs are just like, you got a special gift in this lifetime. You know, like yeah. it has nothing to do with age, it has nothing to do with your sex position or, or what you ate or what you didn't eat. Yeah. If you drank yeah. coffee or you had too much all sugar. Of these, all of these theories. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. Okay. So, speaking on that. Um, so, you know, I said my, all three of my pregnancies were extremely difficult. All three of my kiddos were premature, um, all under five pounds, you know, like, I had difficult experiences with my pregnancy. So I'm curious because they do, they, I guess they've, they have an ongoing research um, specifically with autism. So I don't know if that applies to you ladies as well, but that they believe that if you have a very stressful or difficult pregnancy, that trauma or whatever it is that you're experiencing during that time may affect your child developmentally in the mm -hmm. future. So I'm kind of curious. I know that Celeste said that she had a difficult pregnancy, but did you have one, mm. Chantelle, as well? Or no. How was your pregnancy? Not at all. Yeah. Let me tell you, both of them were so easy. I never had yeah. any pain. I never had any, like, throwing up. I was happy. I wasn't groggy. Like, sometimes, you know, pregnancy is hard yeah. on a woman where they're like, they're like, I hate being pregnant. I love yeah. it. I love being pregnant. Healthy checkups. Nothing was ever detected until she came out and she obviously looked different. That was the only time. So it's okay. really weird. Yeah. But then, you know, I also hear like, well, if you're, if you're in a household that you're fighting a lot or, you know, you're mm -hmm. under stress, your child will come out stressed. But I, I mean, I don't know. We've had a great, great living condition, but she just yeah. had Down syndrome. It was just one of those chromosome, you know, things that just happened. Yeah. And yeah. then um, I know we did like genetic testing to see if the fa anyone in our family had it and nobody had it. It was just one of those rare things. 
Yeah, I think that I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, and I'm I mean, sure, like, it would be weird. told if I'm wrong. But yeah. I think that now they're also doing the same with autism. Um, yeah. I remember they offered me the option to see whether or not um, Adam's dad was um, the sense, the carrier, if that makes any sense, <laughs> or me, who might have... Um, you know, I don't even know how to say it because I thought that autism wasn't a genetic diagnosis. Yeah. So now they're saying that there might be some genetics involved into like seeing who, which side was carrying that. Yes. Diagnosis for autism. So I'm, I was a little confused on that. I was a little intrigued as to where, wait, is this something that is now considered a genetic disorder? Right. Oh, yeah. No. Like, um, what does that they, mean for our kiddos in the future? They, yes, um, there is kind of, um, because when I was with genetics, actually, I left that part out. Um, Genesis has more chromosomes in her besides the 40, besides the 21. Oh, wow. Um, I did the chromosome testing when no, when we had went for genetics for the um, for the Down syndrome one. Mm-hmm. They had also found more chromosomes, and they looked at me and my husband. They're like, "Hey, um, you could tell they got a little nurse tell us like, yeah. so we found more chromosomes." And I looked at them like, "What do you mean you found more chromosomes?" You're all checking her fingers. <laughs> You're all, does she have five fingers? <laughs> I know. I'm looking like, what do you mean? So yeah. like, um, they started telling us like, yeah, you know, she has chromosome 15 duplicate. Okay. She has chromosome 16. Um, it's something different. We're still under right now investigation on that one. I call it investigation because we're still trying to figure out that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something about solar, solar, something with solar duplet, something like that on chromosome 16. Genesis carries it, um, both of those. Um, and then they kind of gave me paperwork and they're like, look, um, they couldn't really figure out 16. They're, um, at that time, the doctor was more focused on 15. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh my gosh, you have duplicate 15. And I was like, well, what is duplicate 15? Why are you getting me so nervous now? Mm-hmm. I started reading through it. The paperwork, it does say that in research, um, it does cause sometimes the chromosome 15. Um, I have a very far away aunt. Um, she has, um, her daughter from another husband she has her daughter also with that chromosome and she has actually autism she had um difficulties in the beginning of you know walking mm-hmm. or anything but i didn't pay attention to that at that time i just knew oh you know she has a different chromosome you know she's you know that's her delay that's her problem you know um but then when i start reading it i go wait that's the same chromosome i text my aunt i go hey you know is this true like you know do i have she was oh my gosh Miha, yes no that's the same one um my i call her my niece her name's celeste too they named her after me and she's like yeah it's the same one celeste has and i go oh well i go okay so it says right on the paperwork that it has autism and it has um it also cause autism it could cause um adhd it could cause like other little um like um miscarriages it has like little things right there what it was the meaning for that chromosome then the doctor's like, you know, I think you two should do a test to see because it is inherited by one of you guys, both mm-hmm. chromosomes. And mm-hmm. I looked at my husband and I was like, okay, I'll go first. Let me do it. I'll be the guinea pig. So we did it. I did it first. And I was like, if it's not me, obviously it's going to be you. 
And so we did it. We went back to genetics. Genetics was like, okay, well, mom, it's you. I looked at her and I go, what? So then um, that got me out of shock because I was like, okay. Um, she explained, she goes, yeah, you have both of them. It's actually inherited. I don't know if it's your mom or your dad that has it. Um, and it was funny because I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. when Because I'm actually diagnosed with ADHD, ADD. I have all that Um I have all that going on in me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I, I kind of told her, I was like, well, I do have ADHD. She goes, well, mom, you left all that out. And I was like laughing because I was like, well. I forgot. I, my ADHD well, kicked well, in. I don't think about like ADD and ADHD yeah. as a fact, like contributing factor, if that makes any sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Like to, to any of these um, diagnoses. So like, I mean, you don't think, hey, this is important information that I need to share because my child is special needs. <laughs> like, yeah. we just don't yeah. in that way, if that makes any sense. So, um, so yeah, and then my little one was born, um, my one-year-old. I got her tested for the genetics because it said that it can run with all of my kids having it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'd be prepared in the future. Maybe one of your kids in the future might also have autism or have ADHD or have something in those because of those two chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was like, okay. So I looked at my husband. I go, we got to prepare ourselves because, you know, maybe all of our, like, maybe in the future, you know, how many kids we have, they all come out with autism. Mm-hmm. Although they all come out with some type of um, disorder, disability, diagnosed, okay? So he's like, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. We already know. We know how the system goes. We know how to do this. So um, my daughter was born, my youngest. We got her tested. And we went to genetics, and genetics said that she has chromosome 16, but she doesn't have 15. Oh. So that one was really strange and weird. So um, we're still under, I call it investigation. The doctor wants to focus more on 16 now and see what's going on with 16, what, um, what does 16 have. Yeah, that's weird. So we're, we're, we're on that right now. I know I had a friend who had trisomy 18 or... And then there's like Turner syndrome, trisomy 13, depending on which chromosome is affected. There's so many different other syndromes out there for genetic disorders. So that, it's so interesting. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, if you look at like, like something as simple, like I look at my daughter's toes and not, not Cheyenne, my oldest, but um, she has her dad's feet. <laughs> so I'm like, man, you got your dad's feet. And like, I joke with her. But I'm like, well, I guess if you look at autism, it is a more, more neurological and behavioral. It, you could probably tie that to a parent. I mean, I mean, of course you can, because I mean, you're you're the one having the baby. You're yeah. the one, you know, it's your it's your genes producing this child. So they probably all can be linked back to like the parent or you know the history of the family. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's so interesting. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's it's like a hit or miss. There's not one indefinite answer, and you know it's. I I like to like think about this like because I always hear that you know when, you know moms who talk to doctors when they're they're pregnant right, and I know with you uh, Celeste the doctor was like really worried to tell you, and thinking like what how is this mom gonna take it. And you were super resilient. You were like, you. I mean, you were obviously had a background with children with special needs, so you're fine with that. But there's yes. also parents out there who have the reverse, who don't feel, um, who don't feel that way, who will probably want to abort. 
And I, yeah. you know, it's weird because autism and Down syndrome, they're so different, but they're so alike. But I feel like they're kind of, they're both celebrated a lot in the world. Like we got yeah. Down syndrome awareness month. We got mm -hmm. autism month. We don't, mm -hmm. I haven't seen Turner syndrome month. A lot of people maybe don't, yeah. you know, but I feel like those are the two main like ones that are more focused on. So whenever yeah. I hear of moms, you know, who may want to abort or maybe have thought about that, or maybe not ha don't even have a child, but that's their viewpoint now, if they were to have a child that had down syndrome. So if you look at this, if you have a child that has in, in your case day, you had your son, everything was fine. And then two or three years, you know, out the womb, you find out your child has autism. Would you mm -hmm. want to abort then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, you, know, yeah. What, you know what I'm saying? That's so crazy that you say that because even because my pregnancy was so difficult, I remember, so I was in and out of the hospital, um, throughout my whole pregnancy since I was like two months and I would spend two to three weeks at a time at the hospital in full bed rest. Technically they wanted me to be like that my whole pregnancy, um, just so I could carry baby as long as possible. And I remember that, um, you know, one of the doctors, one of the specialists came in, um, to talk to me and he literally said to me, this is bizarre that he said this to me. I was so offended and I really like went off because he literally came in and said, you need to call your doctor and you need to make an appointment and you need to have an abortion. And I'm like, what? First of all, doctors can't tell you that, yeah. you know, this yeah. is a choice that you make. But he came in and then he went on telling me, I just like your neighbor next door just lost her life she had a stroke she was a vegetable for a week and she didn't make it and she died do you want that to happen to you oh and God. obviously this is before diagnosis right yeah. this is yeah. before knowing that i was going to have a difficult thing and i remember saying to myself like you know what no no <laughs> whatever the outcome is how if my baby is born early you know earlier than he was already we'll deal with that as it comes so I think that would have been the same reaction I would have had, even knowing that it would be this difficult, even mm -hmm. knowing that it would not be easy, if that makes sense, that it would be really hard. There's going to be a lot of nights where we're crying in our beds. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times when I'm sitting in my car and I'm not ready to go home because I just need to cry it out. You know, there's yeah. so many of those moments and um, in feeling alone. I don't know if you ladies have felt alone in this journey at times, even with a partner, even with family, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you still feel alone in dealing with this. And I, I think I would like to know, I think just because I could prepare better mm -hmm. on how educate myself a lot more on how to help my kiddo and what to notice and what to look for and maybe how to help them through that process. But, you know, I don't know how other moms would feel like what they want to have an abortion and not have a child that would have a quote-unquote difficult life because we just don't know how our children are going to grow up into like their teenage years and then adulthood mm -hmm. and we don't know if they will be truly affected by this um later on but adam has been the biggest blessing that we've had in our family even with my older kiddos even with like if anything he has shown me so much positivity and growth and like empathy and gratitude for things that I feel like we normally overlook. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting, you know, it is a difficult journey. It is a difficult decision. Um, and I feel like, you know, I don't know how I would feel like in 
with autism, I feel like it's a little different. I feel like kiddos don't necessarily have a health issue mm-hmm. uh, with autism. Adam, just because he was preemie, he had, um, you know, chronic asthma. His lungs weren't developed as well. So he did have a lot of difficulties health-wise with that since birth. But, you know, um, I don't know. Developmentally, if you thought your child was going to have a difficult time with academics or with social skills, like, is that reason for abortion for some parents, you know? So, Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of thought to place into something like that, you know, with Down syndrome, I feel like you said, um, just from what you guys are sharing with me is having like, you know, you said they have like maybe heart difficulties, like they're having health issues that may cause even more, you know, (laughs) difficulties throughout their life. And you just don't know again, how that's going to lead up into like, you know, five, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are things that, you know, parents might consider with, with having those diagnoses, um, so I don't know. I, I would love to hear from you guys and see what your thoughts are on that. Like, if you guys did have that diagnosis before your kiddos was born, would that make a difference for you? Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and answer that, Celeste, and I'll answer after you? Okay. Uh, I think I was a no. I'm fine. Um, I feel like God was preparing me as he was like, those few mm-hmm. years. And I everybody just tells me, like, wow, you know. Like you were learning, I go, yeah, but you know what? I thought I was learning to teach kids. Actually, I think God was preparing me so I could mm-hmm. be ready for my own kid. So I could know what to do, how to be calm, you know, and be this new first-time mom, young age, to a special need Down syndrome kid, you know? Like, so I think, no, I wouldn't. Um, when, we had, when we had denied the testing, my husband had said at that moment, I go, are you sure? Should we? Like, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, but who cares? And, she, and he has said it from the nurses. If she has Down syndrome or autism, whatever she has, it's okay. We'll just accept it. And I was like, okay. So, you know, we were like, okay. So when it came down to it, I was like, okay. But yeah, no, I think I, um, I think we wouldn't have, I think it would have not made a difference. Um, we love our baby. It's the biggest blessing to us. Um, we actually live in a ranch, and then the ranch is actually named after her. Oh, I think, no, she is the biggest blessing to us. Yeah. You know, that's so cute. I love that you guys live on a ranch. I want a ranch so bad. Okay. Can we just <laughs> pause? Can we pause on that? Because honestly, I kid you not, I had this conversation with Adam's dad yesterday. And Adam was asking for, um, he wanted a cat. You know, we already have a dog. He wants a lizard. He wants a goat. He was naming all the animals, right? <laughs> and then I told his dad, I was like, hey, I'm like, okay, I know this thing's crazy because he's obsessed with, like, this right now and having, like, these animals. And he means it. He really wants all of these. A goat. He wants a horse, (laughs) right? And I said, wouldn't it be amazing to have a farm and do a foundation where Adam could have his own farm Mm -hmm. and we could have these animals and use them as uh, therapy for children with special needs, you know? Yeah. I was like, this, I mean, honestly, just those two things combined, I already know so many people that already either have a ranch or working with kids through either horses or animals Mm -hmm. or things like that, that are so therapeutic. It really helps them. So I seriously love (laughs) that you guys live in a farm (laughs) and that is going to be my goal and my dream to have Adam live in a farm or have a farm and be able to 
um, maybe help other kiddos with special mm-hmm. needs uh, learn to cope with all of these difficulties that they are faced with. That's so cute. You yeah. should do that, Celeste. You should do that to your farm. To come over here. Oh, we'll be over there today. I'm just kidding. I'm like, I know, right? What are you doing? <laughs> that's so cute. No, I love that. That's that's amazing because I've heard we have um here at where I work we have dog therapy. So dogs come and visit the classrooms and stuff and like meet the other kids. So I mean, animals are really therapeutic. Yeah, um, that's really yes. cool. Yeah, I would love to have a farm. That was the main goal, but. Maybe someday okay, we can all put our money together. Love but go ahead, tell, tell us about you. And okay. What you, think. you know, it's, um, I feel like so many factors come into play when you are deciding about your future, right? It's, it's right. what you were, what you were raised with. So like Celeste, she, she was uh-huh. going to school for, you know, special education. She was already involved in that. And then, you know, it's also what you were not raised with. Um, for mm-hmm. me, I was not raised around anybody with special needs. I didn't look twice at people really with special needs. I was very in my own bubble. Um, and so when it hit me and I found out, I took it quite the opposite way because I literally had no idea what Down syndrome meant, mm-hmm. let alone mm-hmm. what it, let alone what it, what any special needs meant. Um, you know, all I knew is that they were a type of community in the world and holy shit, I have a child that's now in the community. What does that mean going forward? So I think that it, for me, it was right that I did not find out until after I had her basically meaning like you have to have this child and now you got to take care of her. Like you're stuck in this position. And I, and that time I felt stuck. That was the perfect word. I felt, holy crap, there's no turning back. And I started to reject um, Cheyenne. And I told my husband that day in the hospital, I can't be her mom. There's no way I can do this. Like I was starting to pull the eject button and I didn't even want to go see her. And because she went to NICU and I, I felt very like now till this day, obviously it's different and I feel guilty, but then I, having that reaction to that also kind of, it makes me more sensitive to women who have the same reaction i'm not like judgmental and i don't look down on them i i understand like okay i see what you're saying because you probably didn't have any kind of exposure to it and if you did you might be a little bit more like acceptable but um for me not having any exposure i was completely the opposite and then now having all this exposure to it i'm like a big advocate so um I, i remember i was watching like tv i was watching this episode and this girl was like saying to her boyfriend like oh if you know if i had a child with down syndrome i i think i would have an abortion because you know yeah. i guess i guess she worked but it was weird because she worked around kids i guess in a hospital or something and she mm-hmm. saw the negative effects of down syndrome so all these parents was this, was this i don't want to name the show but was this a dating show because i think yes. i know what you're talking yes about. and i even wrote her I on was, her instagram i was like <laughs> so good i was watching so closely because i thought like i was it, trying to be really understanding and non-judgmental yes. of her point of view having a child with special needs but don't right? you just want to reach to the television oh. and be like girl you're so wrong right now like yeah yeah, you and is she wrong? Is she wrong in feeling that? And it's like, mm-hmm. no. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I feel like we've all can say we've learned is like that empathy and that understanding of mm-hmm. like, you know, what they're feeling is valid. What yeah. they're saying yeah. is valid. This isn't easy. No. This isn't for everybody. Yeah. So it is like, like for you feeling the way that you felt, I mean, that's valid. Mm-hmm. You wanted to jump ship in a sense because this is fucking scary. 
You yeah. know, you don't know how your life is going to change. You don't know the difficulties that they're going to have. We're not, in a sense, prepared for any of this, let alone just motherhood alone, right? Yeah. Now you have, on top of all of that, someone that's going to require so much more that you have no clue <laughs> Especially about. in so Celeste's case, where she it's her first child, if it's to put that yeah. into a factor, your first you're like, holy fuck, I didn't think, I didn't sign up for my first kid. Yeah. So, so you're like, wait, what? Exactly. You yeah. don't know. It's a curveball. But yeah, that's that was the same show. And okay. I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't mad because I felt that way. I had, I knew where she yeah. was coming from. But I, it, with anybody that I meet that feels that way, because I've met even dads. Mostly it's, we focus on right. the mom, but you have to remember okay. there's a dad in this most of the time. And I've met dads who were completely riding on, like Facebook blogs that they are so overwhelmed that they don't want this child and that they are, you know. know, they have the same feelings. And it's, it's not that I, you get angry. It's just like, you want to reach to them and shake them and be like, look it, it's going to be okay. Trust me. Just you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Even <laughs> if, even if you're going to heart surgeries, even if you're having, you know, yeah. doctor's appointments, IEPs, it is, it is, it's a lot, but you're going to be all right. And it's going to make you grow. And so, yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. Have you guys thought about, because I know uh, actually uh, a few moms that have gone through this already where their kiddos are older and are considered adults and um, they are self-harming in the sense of like, you know, um, you know, they're nonverbal. Um, they will cause harm to themselves and possibly to others around them. And having to make a decision to, in a sense, give up your kiddo, even as an adult, and have them move into a home where he could be better mm -hmm. helped. Like, that is one of the biggest fears for me. Yeah. In the sense of like, okay, like, again, no judgment right to the parent who has to make that really tough decision of saying, I can no longer care for my kiddo. I am older. I do not have the strength. I see Adam's strength when he has tantrums, when he has a difficult time, when he tries to elope mm -hmm. and me trying to hold him down from either getting hurt or hurting others in the sense like, you know, if he's like flying out and running away or whatever the case is that he's doing. And I think like, I can't even imagine trying to do that with a kiddo who's like twice his size. I can't carry him anymore into the car and make sure he's safe when he's being unsafe. And so I think about those things too. Like, you know, aside from having that difficult conversation about would you consider abortion? It's like, would you consider having your child go into like a home um, when it becomes so difficult for you? Or is that something that you guys haven't thought about yet? Or I'm freaking out about the future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about the future too, because I always think like, what if I think, I think I worry about not getting old, but I worry about death. If I were right. to die early or if Jade was to die early, even Cheyenne, oh. um, what will that look like if Cheyenne was left on her own, basically? Who's going to take yeah. care of her? Because, I mean, it's just me and my husband and the grandparents. So grandparents, yeah. you know, can only go so far, too. But what if something where me and my husband were in a car accident? What is that? You know, I, I worry more about, like, a shorter lifespan. Um, yeah. But not necessarily having her in a home. Because I think with me, our kids can live with us as long as they need to as long as they're, you know, contributing members of society, but I mean, right, like, of but I mean, like they can live with us. So I just get worried about like, you know, am I setting up funds? The right, I mean, I even worry about like, should I have a third child to take care of 
in case we're not here, should I try for a third? Just, you know, the more hands on deck, the better, you know what I mean? So, (laughs) no, here's the beautiful thing. And I want to share this with you ladies, because this is something that I've created amongst the moms and the support group that I have. So like in advocating for our kiddos and just meeting moms and uh, other moms that are advocating and doing things right. Um, I have created a fantastic, a beautiful group of women um, that all have kiddos with special needs and some have dual um, diagnosis um, in the sense of like, you know, one kiddo has ADHD uh, along with autism. One kiddo um, is uh, actually deaf and has autism, which is another, you know, very completely difficult thing. Um, And so like we've talked about this for a long time and for one, having a village is everything and not all the time does that mean that it has to be family because sometimes our family is not supportive at all, you know. Um, Secondly, finding friends and family that are willing to kind of help in case of an emergency. One thing that caught my, like got me really teary eyed, we were celebrating one of our, our friend's birthday and she said, you know. she's like, I have to tell you ladies, it was our autism group. She's like, I have to tell you ladies. She's like, I don't worry about my, my children. And she's like, and the reason why I don't worry about it is because I know that you guys would all step in and help if I pass away. And we were just like, Oh shit. Like we don't want to talk about it, but like, what if something happens to one of us? You know, what does that mean for our children? You know, because as moms, I feel like we feel like we know how to take care of them the best. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. to take a, take away from dads, because dads are great. But like as moms, I feel like we just know best and we know how to help them best. So um, we talked about having a home and starting a foundation where we can literally buy a property and have our own staff and we would take turns taking care of our kids. So one week it would be one mom, next week would be another mom. And as our children, you know, became adults and were more independent, we would have maybe people, if they needed a nurse, depending on their needs, of course, right? Yeah. Would mm-hmm. they 24-hour nurse? Would they need this? Would they need that? Being very selective of who watches our kids, who takes care of our kids, and at the same time giving them that um, independence is so important to us. So, you know, those are things that, like, you know, even for you guys, you might consider, even if you're keeping your babies at home and, you know, needing them to stay at home, because I've always said that Adam could be here forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But, you know, um, just having that support group is really important, um, especially for our kids and making sure that, you know, you involve you, or surround yourself with people that care about your children and yourself, you know, yeah. and love them and accept them as they are and who they are uh, with no judgment. Like, seriously, it's so important. So I just want to share that with you guys, because I think it is important to think about mm-hmm. um, your kids are getting older, even if they're still small. Yeah. <laughs> like time flies by. I, you know, my son, like my older one, he's 19, he's in college and it's like now I get it. It flies by. It flies by. <laughs> so that's, actually, yeah. that's so interesting. So like, that's, that's amazing. Of that for our children. No, I I never actually thought about that. Like having a support group like that, where yeah. where you kind of co-parent along with other people in a way, or spend that yeah. time to get to know each other's child. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. That's I, I, I mean, either I, I did it. I was more like, if something happens to me, my husband, my my younger one would take in and step in and take care of Genesis. Like she'll take in under her wing. I was always like thinking like the future, future. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because, I mean, we didn't really think about that. It was something that kind of progressively, as we got to know this group, as we got to know each other, as our friendship grew, as the closeness grew, once we started not just going out by ourselves, but like incorporating our children into activities and having family nights together and having them interact, even though it's it's very chaotic, <laughs> it's very difficult, it's not easy. And then realizing, hey, I got your back. If you ever need something, like, don't worry about it. Knowing that somebody can safely watch your child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I have some kiddos that need, um, you know, uh, toilet um, help. So, like, they still need help with wiping. Adam still needs help with wiping. So, feeling comfortable with someone and saying, I don't care how much poopies he has. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how much this he has. Mm-hmm. I got you. You know, having that is so like it's such a big blessing and I want to I kind of want to speak on that because I want I want that awareness too to show that you know as moms with special needs having a support group is key to also our children's success yeah and so like I'm so happy that you know um Chantel you have this podcast because I feel like in a sense you're also creating a safe space for all of us to come here in here and talk about Mm -hmm. you know these things that not a lot of people talk about yeah, no. I've, 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 the realness of it of like, hey, you know, maybe I didn't want my child at first. <laughs> <It was laughs> hey, hard. I don't want. Was, sometimes I don't want my child case. now. My child. I know. No, I just, I definitely want this to be. It is my podcast, but I always say it's your guys's platform because I want everyone to share your stories because it. The more that we share and we link up the better yeah. it is for our kids and our, like even this, it's better for us and our stress level and everything. Like we have some kind of cushion to sit on and we're so lucky to use the internet this way too. Um, yeah. You know, that's really interesting. That That's a good concept to, I'd never heard of anything yet for like down syndrome, any moms mm-hmm. getting together with that, because I know there's like certain funds you could put away, like in bank accounts and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, that's just money. Like, at the end of the day, if something happens, who's going to be there to like really make sure your child's getting what they need in their IEP or, or at school, or, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's such a hard thing to, you know, to maneuver around, but that's really interesting. I'm glad you guys have that. And I wonder, I wonder how, like how broad that can be. Like if you could do a whole special needs group, cause I mean, you have to really, like, I think that in a sense, like, this is why I wanted to share it with you ladies, because I don't think that it should be like, okay, here's a diagnosis of like autism. And this is like our family group. And this is it, you yeah. know, being able to expand that in a sense of like all moms that have kiddos with special needs or diagnosis that are not understood by the quote unquote general population. Yeah. We need to stick together because yeah. this is not a difficult, I mean, this is a very difficult space that we're in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, having that door open to you guys or even like have one of us, you know, create even a bigger group or, or more groups or just ha- being inclusive in every single diagnosis. Because at the end of the day, what is there to say that there could be a, a safe place for our children to be um, taken care of, whether mm-hmm. they have down syndrome whether they have autism whether they have hearing loss or any other diagnosis adhd ADD, whatever the case is that they're going to be in a safe environment when we get older and we want them to have some independence yeah. you know um or where we can't take care of them because we are older or we are unable to do things having them have a safe place to be 
while we're taking care of business <laughs> or yeah. working or I'm a single mom on top of all of this. So mm-hmm. I'm doing this myself. And yes, dad is involved to an extent, but he's um, not as aware or educated enough um, as I am when it comes to autism. So he doesn't advocate as much as I do. Yeah. Um, and again, just like he's not a bad parent, he's just he's just choosing his, his way of yeah, dealing I, with but that's situation. like that's you kind know, of the I'm norm the with men. It, I'll take that responsibility <laughs> gladly. Well, I know that's um, kind of like this, like my husband, he's involved. He's there every day. We're married still, but I'm the yeah. one that's filling out the paperwork. I'm the one reading yeah. into, um, is she okay. qualified for this? And I'm the one scheduled. he'll go to the meetings, but then I'm like, I'm like the more advocate parent, I guess yeah. you can say. I'm saying. Yeah. He's involved and he like reports to me. He's like, call me if you need anything. Do you need me to go? Do you... So he's very involved in that aspect, but mm-hmm. I don't think that he truly comprehends what is going on himself. Yeah. So he's just like, doesn't. Like just riding along, like, right? Well, what does that mean? And what are we going to do about it? So I just feel like, you know, again, like we might feel alone mm-hmm. <laughs> a yeah. lot of the times, whether we have family or friends yeah. or whatever. No, I definitely but feel alone. Hey, I feel like, yeah, like I, yeah, like I can I, totally for us feel to like have that. this group. Yeah, no, <laughs> I because we're more home. I don't know. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I feel like because we're more, more home, more we we know our kids the best. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that go to the doctors and do most of the talking. And be like, okay, well, you know, I think this. No, okay, should we do that? Okay, yeah, next. Yeah. You know, like start to that. No, you and you and that doctor. I wish home. I was home, girl. That would make it easier. <laughs> you know, I feel, no. I'm running around from like you know, you know, taking care of my older kiddo, taking care of my mom who's like you know disabled, uh, having a business, uh, you know, working on the side. I also work with kiddos with special needs as well. So like, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like balancing all of that on top of the responsibility of having a special needs kids and trying to stay healthy and fit and sexy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and trying. Try to grow. You know, I wish I was staying home right now. <laughs> all of us feel alone in a, some shape or form. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I I kind of fit in the middle where I'm feel like I am alone in a sense where I'm trying to do all the paperwork. Um, yeah. My husband doesn't do any of the paperwork. I do everything with paperwork, like everything, and applying and then getting denied and then reapplying and then doing this. And I, and I'm explaining things to, you know, what, what, what is IHSS? What does this mean? What is, and he, like, I love him to death, but he's just like, wait, what was that again? What are you doing? Like, I'm yeah. like, dude, just forget it. I got it. I'm driving this car. I'm driving this car. Okay. I'll yeah. just explain it later. Yeah, like, copy of the documents, just read it. I, yeah, I just, just sign. We're good. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's nice that we all get to share these different, because we all have a struggle, whether it be, yeah. you know, you're at home or we're working or, you know, yeah. husband's there or husband's not there. So I feel like everything's just so different, but we all can, we all can relate on some type of level. And I love, I I love that our kids that have these different diagnoses can collaborate. And especially Celeste, my hat's off to you for having to like, you're not just doing one diagnosis, you're doing two. I mean, that right there is a big, big job. So, you know, that's, it's really interesting to have you on and be able to speak for, for that. Taking it, and just saying okay okay this is what's happening okay how, how do we handle that how do we tackle that 
okay, this other thing, okay, how do we tackle that? Let's just keep moving forward. So having that attitude, um, you know, you do have to give yourself props for that because not a lot of people can do that. You know, a lot of people will break down and not that there's anything wrong with that um, or not be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Like but the fact that you were able to take these diagnoses, take this um, difficult task as a, a first-time mom, especially, I mean, my hat's off to you because I thought I was going crazy and I already had two kiddos and I was just like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So like, Thank honestly, you. like that, seriously, my hat's off to you too, girl. Like, that's amazing. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. And I love hearing um, stories from older, like from you guys, like the older older ones with their older kids and, hey wait 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 i older. still feel like Hold i'm 21 on. okay no my ass is old don't even trip listen i got wrinkle cream and botox at both working together okay amen, amen for that <laughs> No, no, it's, I love, I love that you, thank you so much. And I just, I appreciate you being on here and you are not the first mom that, you know, that I've spoken to that is younger and, and this is a whole new world to you, you know? Um, yeah. So I and mean, it's hard, it's hard to meet younger parents, like, um, with my diagnosis of kids, like I'm on my kid. Um, usually I always meet parents that are older and they always look at me and my husband like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so sorry. You guys are so young. And yeah. it's like, no, you know, but we're already here. You know, it's okay. It's fine. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're moving on. Next step. Let's keep going. In my opinion, it's almost a blessing because I had my older kids really young. And everybody would all, like, oh, you're so young. It would give me that. And they were, you know, quote, unquote, normal kids. And in a sense, it's almost like a blessing, though, because you do have a lot of energy. You do have a lot of, like, fight in you in a sense of, like, how can we handle this? Let's do this. Let's, let's get this done. You know, I can't even imagine maybe like now that Adam's nine or having a child 10 years later mm-hmm. and having to go through that experience again, that would be really difficult, you know? Yeah. And and it, it, and it, and it is like, because you don't know, like I knew about some down syndrome stuff, like about like, you know, the heart problem. That's one of the main things, mm. but I didn't know, like, I was barely trying to do my research, my learning on my schooling. I didn't yeah. know all the rest of the stuff. Like, they're, like, um, she has said, like, the respiratory, the vision. Vision's, like, a huge thing. Yeah. Um, the, the um, clums, not clumsiness, um, Genesis has the thyroid, uh, not thyroid, um, hip, oh, my gosh, now I can't pronounce the word. The, um, was she, her joints, her joints are very loose. Oh, I cannot say it. Um, you don't that, Oh, well, you don't need I a can't... medical definition, but her joints, her joints are messed up, yeah. right? Yes, like they're very, like she was very loose, so mm-hmm. you know we had to get her strong. Mm-hmm. I didn't know all that. Like that was so much more yeah. to get and to learn. And I am so happy that she was my first kid instead of her being my second, my third, my mm-hmm. fourth, and fifth, because yeah. I was able to give her all of my attention uh-huh. to her. I think if it was the other way around. And I give you guys, um, I give you day because for it being your third one mm-hmm. and feeling now the difference, like my second one, she surprises me. I'm like, is she allowed to do this? Because, you know, Genesis wasn't doing this at this time. Is she allowed to do this? And I'm like, wow, like no wonder parents kind of go like, what? No way. Like, because it's a, it's a total different shock. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, and it scares you in a way. And it scares me because I'm like, you can't be drinking that much bottle. Like, your sister wasn't drinking that much bottle. She couldn't even get like three ounces in her. What are you doing drinking nine ounces? That 
five months. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. That was one of the biggest things that I had to work through because I thought I was failing my kid and I still feel like that. I don't know if you guys. Um, sometimes I feel like it sometimes. Oh, right. Like it might not be in a good, like another conversation. Right. But like, honestly, like you're, you have a constant, um, thought of what you're not doing. You're not doing enough. You're, mm-hmm. you're failing. You're, you're not advocating enough. You, you just, you yourself don't understand them. They can't express themselves to you. So it's like, you're, you're, you're trapped in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. I try to turn people's fear at, when they're first um, you know, before they have their child or maybe they just had their child and they still have yeah. that fear in them. I always try to do the reassurance with people because even in a case like Celeste where you're in and out of the hospital room and surgery, there's even like, it's hard to say, it's hard to tell somebody that might be going in for a heart transplant that you're going to be happy and grateful at the end. Because at that time you're like thinking, oh my God, this is the worst, right? You never know. You're, you're in a negative mind frame, but even, you know, after the heart surgeries, even after the speech delay and all the stress and crying and like heartbreaking, you still come out resilient in a way that it's undescribable. Like you come out stronger as an individual, but you come, you come out stronger as a family. And then you see your child so like strong and in a different light where they're sitting there in a surgery room hooked up to like you know, things, and then they come back and they're, they're, they're getting better every day and then they're breathing right. And then their heart's pumping, right. Or they're stronger. And next uh-huh. thing you know, they're outside playing and you're like, Oh my God, look at how they uh-huh. just bounced back. Their resilience is mind blowing. Yeah. But I always think and, and look back at myself. Right. And I say, if I'm feeling this way, if I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling this, if I'm feeling frustrated, I can't even imagine how they feel every day. Mm-hmm. not being able to communicate or not being able to um, think or feel a certain way, you know, that they wish they would or not yeah. understanding things. I, I, yeah. I can't even imagine being in their shoes. Yeah. And that's when I'm just like, hey, shut up. <laughs> Stop <laughs> complaining. Snap out of yeah, it. I know. Like, it's not about you right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like seeing how strong they are, like Adam was in the NICU for six weeks as well, you know. So like he had all of these things going on and seeing how strong these kids are, it's freaking mind blowing and admirable and everything <laughs> yeah. yeah it's weird it's like it's it's you go you have to fall then you get up and you realize oh my god that wasn't yeah. that bad or i learned from that um yeah. but i mean like and that kind of roots back to our original um when we were talking about like um abortion and like having that yeah. that fear because i know a lot of women are like well i don't if i have a choice not to put my child through that because i was that person mm-hmm. i used to think like you know what if 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 having a child with Down syndrome, this is this is what my frame of thought would have been if I would have found out, you know, in my first trimester. If yeah. I have this child, they they could be a vegetable. They could not they cannot be able to talk. They may not be able to walk. The co- community won't accept them. They might look funny. They might have all these medical issues. It's better that I just you know kill them, <laughs> like right. I mean that's that's plain and simple. It's better I just kill them. It's better for me. It's better for the community. It's better for the family. Yeah. It's better. It's better not to put them through that. Through that but, suffering. Yes, yeah. through that suffering. Now, mm-hmm. now that's when you take a step back and you say, are those indefinite answers? Is it indefinite mm-hmm. that per, that baby's not going to be able to talk? Is it indefinite mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to walk? Is it no that no because we don't have those answers. We never know what is going to come out 
of a child until they start growing and we teach them or we go through that with them or we have, you know, so you have to look yeah. at the big picture and say, in today's world, we have a lot of medical help that if they do need a heart transplant, we can go through those appointments and get that for them. In today's world, we have a lot of therapy, a speech therapy that can help them talk, you know, and then you also have to think the reverse. If you have a child that you have no diagnosis and they're completely perfect, they could be turned out as a murderer or, you know, or or maybe as somebody that is going to- Or have, you know, mental, you know, health issues. You have so many things that could be wrong. What if they have an injury and they become disabled and they were fine? Or exactly- had a resilience out there where it's just like, would you kill that person off knowing that they were going to have their legs cut off or this issue going on? You know, like, no, the answer would have been no in a sense. (laughs) Exactly. And then you start to realize, you start to realize the misconception that you have Uh in the, and that time, you know, so it's nice to be able to show everybody the, uh, the opposite end of that. And, you know, hopefully I do. I, my biggest thing for our conversations like this is that somebody is out there listening that is thinking that way or in, in a situation where it kind of makes them double, you know, second guess. Hey, maybe maybe no. this won't be. And they they save that life or they choose not to terminate. And that, yeah. Yeah. That, that's always my end goal, because, you know, look at how far we've come to, you know, yeah. our people that have special needs being killed off, you know, it's, we've gone such Uh a long way. And now we, we, us three, we have these resources, but our parents didn't have the internet. They didn't have cell phones. No, yeah, no, they didn't. So, I mean, we, we, we're actually very lucky. I'm excited to see the future, to see what, you know, what our children's children might have. Maybe it's just not, now it's not even a big thing anymore. You know, maybe I love that. And it's definitely moving in the right direction. There's a lot more awareness. And I think that when us parents take these roles, like you having podcasts or, you know, creating um, family groups or support groups or whatever, using social media, whatever it is that we can do right now to help um, bring more awareness is crucial to our children. We are doing this for them at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, we're doing them so that they are accepted, that there is more help, that there is more knowledge, more education um, in the sense of like how to help them, you know, and how not to make them feel like, you know, <laughs> odd and uh, the, the one in the odd group or something yeah. um, or unaccepted or different. And at the end of the days, we all think about the same thing. We just want our children to be happy. That's what mm-hmm. I told his dad. I was like, you know one day I was feeling so overwhelmed and I said, you know what? The hell with everything. I just want him to live the happiest life he can live. So let's focus on that. Let's focus on how we can make that happen. Mm -hmm. What can give him the most pop? I mean, that's what we're all looking for, right? Even us. We just want to be as happy as possible and create as happy memories and live a happy life in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, as much as possible. And so, wanting that for our children is what I focus on the most on top of like obviously advocating for his rights and his needs and whatever. But, um, yeah, like let's just <laughs> give our children the best life that we can yeah, give them. And that's the, the ultimate goal. As many smiles as we can get. Exactly. <laughs> <for> the best. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I'm so glad you guys are on and I thank you guys for just spending yes, some time. We, we spent so much time talking and I feel like we could keep going on cause it's, it's Forever. a never ending <laughs> conversation. And, but I mean, it, thank you. I have to say Dave for spending world down syndrome day with me and um, yes. Celeste here. We welcome you. And I, I love the fact that, you know, we could celebrate each other's children 
And I like the fact that when I do see an, a shirt that promotes autism, I am connected to that through you and now through uh -huh. Celeste. So I really appreciate that friendship. And thank you, Celeste, for being a guest and talking about Genesis and sharing your story. No, yes. thank you for having me. Big thing for me. Yeah. Well, ladies, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, I wanted to just—I don't want to end it off on a bad note, but I do want to pay a little bit of attention and uh, dedicate this episode to. Um, I work at a middle school, and a child uh -huh. um, a week ago that was autistic. Um, he had died in a car accident, and uh -huh. I just wanted to dedicate this to his family. His name was Everett Molino. He came to our school and graduated in 2022 and he just passed away last week. So I don't know the family. I'm not associated with them a lot, but I did, you know, was here at the school and a lot of teachers were affected by it because they, they know him personally and they know the family. And in turn, it affected me because, um, you know, it made me think of Cheyenne. Um, yeah. I don't know if your children do this, but often children that have special needs will just run away or dive off yeah. and you know, yes. Cheyenne does that. And in this situation, he did. And it ended up in a in a bad accident. So I just want to yeah. that that connects with me because I it could be any one of our kids. You know, yes. so I just want to yes. dedicate this to him. But I also want to say, be happy. And I'm glad that you guys are here, too. So not not a sad note, but I'm just want to dedicate that. And thank you guys for for today. Yeah having us and sharing like story with me and letting me meet somebody else too that um yeah. you know i feel like hopefully this will bring us a little closer and if you guys have any questions or this is our support group here too you know like we're here i'm always open to answering questions or talking with you guys so just know that that door is open i'm very grateful for this experience as well yeah. Thank you, too. Oh, no, we're going to Celeste's house. We're going to go right on our ranch. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We're on our way, girl. It's not over. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rancho Genesis, come. Right. <laughs> For sure. Thank you, ladies. All you right. guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. You, you too. too. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll bye. talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay, you guys, I'm going to wrap that up. Thank you guys for spending so much time with us today. We did have a long episode today. I love that because the story could keep going on and on, and it it does not stop um, sharing your guys' story. Yes, like I said, this is my podcast, but it's your platform. This is for you. This is for the mom that's listening, the dad, the dad that's listening, the grandparents, whoever is listening. Um, thank you so much for the support. And um, next month, April, we will be at the Dear Mom Conference. If you are in Southern California, um, let's see, April 22nd in Laguna Beach, the Dear Mom Conference is the shit. Let me just say that. I went there last year. I love it. Um, we are actually going to be a vendor there where I'm just going to be doing on the spot interviews, introducing the podcast, having guests sign up that want to be featured. Um, it's your platform, ladies so and gentlemen. So if you're attending the Dear Mom Conference, be sure to stop by the vendor booth. Say hello. I'd love to meet you in person. Um, and last week, we actually had a winner for World Down Syndrome Day. I did a little giveaway, some socks and a notebook. So congratulations, Brandy, if you're listening um, on winning that. And I think I might do another giveaway around Mother's Day. So it's a little bit away, but just keep an eye out. Follow our Instagram, follow our Facebook, Talk Down Syndrome Podcast, and we will end it here, you guys. Until later, bye. Thank you for listening to the Talk Down Syndrome Podcast.